Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I am okay. I watched, I've, I've developed a taste for overly contrived TV game shows. And a oh. new one debuted last night. Did you happen to catch on BBC One at 9pm p- 9 prime time? It's the new event game show of 2021, Gordon Ramsay's Bank Balance. I didn't know, but I did just log on to the iPlayer because I was looking to see if a movie was on there for a podcast I'm appearing on. And it, the movie I was not was on there, but I did see a big old advert at the top of the thing telling me to watch Gordon Ramsay's Bank Balance. How was it? What movie was it? A plane, Trains and Automobiles. Hmm. Uh, that or The Naked Gun. Neither of which are available on the, on the iPlayer. Sometimes they are, like sometimes you just find that they are. They're not on Prime hmm. or Netflix either, so I'm going to have to rent them off of Amazon. Ugh. Ugh. Um, isn't it so inconvenient having every film ever at least avail- available from your flat or house? Mm-hmm. I remember the days. Five... Five for 30 quid. That was the best I could oh. hope for from Virgin, oh, Virgin Megastores so or HMV. I love that. Get a HMV and getting five DVDs for 30 quid. You'd find your four and you'd be like, what's my fifth going to be? Is it going to, and I've got one of four options. Oh, what, what's it going to be? Or sometimes you get your four and you're like, I have, there's no other DVDs I want. So I'm just going to have to pick up a random one here. I'll just pick this. It looks like it's Romeo Must Die again. <laughs> Add it to the collection of Romeo Must Die copies I have undivered. Uh, no, yeah, so Gordon Ramsay's bank balance is all over the place and unwatchable at the same time. So it's not the good, it's not the good kind of stupid, which I I I, I now think is topped by Danny Dyer's The Wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, if these walls could talk. Oh my, oh my God, no, wall, wall, wall. Give me an answer. Give me a good answer here. Come on. That's Danny Dyer. 
representing the world. <laughs> um, yeah. Gordon Ramsay's bank balance. Are you aware of the format? I am not aware of the format, no. Yeah, I watched half an hour of it. I'm still not that aware of the format. So it seems like there is a there's a central pivot on which uh, a sort of table hangs from the middle. It's balanced in the middle and it's got four points coming off of it. And you've got to balance blocks on various levels on those little arm bits that come off by answering questions within a time frame Ah, uh, so it's it's wordplay of bank balance. Well, what what I think happened here, and this is why I had high hopes for it, is because they they so obviously started with the title of the show, and, and worked backwards to create a format. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I I run a uh, quiz show that aired on Channel Four like during the day, and they only ran for for one series. They had a very very cool concept that was called Win It Cook It, which was basically like you would play for the prizes that you would play for would be ingredients, and then you would have to make a meal at the end with those ingredients, and the person who made the best meal at ah. the end would be the winner, right? And then they and I, I believe they completely bollocks the format. I can't even remember what it was now. But it was just basically <laughs> like in the end, you just played for points, and then and then occasionally Simon Rimmer will will you know make a meal, and it's not really about the cooking anymore. I think that's it. You need um you the best shows are the ones that are very um not they're not very confident in their own premise because Gordon Ramsay's bank balance was the same thing for an hour. I got bored, so I had to turn it off. Whereas like other shows like The Wall, they're like, ah, there's not actually that much to this idea of The Wall. So they've got rounds. They've got like three <laughs> rounds and they're all something different. Oh, this one, you've got to go round the back and we'll ask you questions that you cut, but you don't know how much they bet. Like that even Im impacts anything. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So that's my review, folks. I know that's what you tuned in for. Not the big show reaction or AW Dynamite. Gordon Ramsay's bank balance. It's a hard miss. My question would be, is it more or less complicated and complex than Golden Balls with Jasper Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> Which for me, like that for me is like, that's the that's the pinnacle of like yeah. this this idea has become too complex for its own goods. <laughs> Which is like the, you get a load of golden balls and then you reveal like you flip up the golden balls to see how much you've got. And you then have to like convince the people on your team that you've got the best golden balls and not be eliminated like so you open up like the front two and then you say like oh my back row i've got a 500 or i've got a thousand or and this one's just a one pound but you want to keep me here because i've also got the thousands and then there's like an, an elimination thing until the end of it when you open up those balls and then at the very very end of it when it's down to just two people and you've kind of like, I think it's like a question and answer thing. And you determine actually how much you've got available at the end. And you decide then whether you're going to split the money or you're going to steal the money. So you get given two balls. One says split, the other says steal. And then you have to decide amongst yourselves, like you chat. And then you have to decide if you both say split, you split the cash. But if one mm. of you says steal, then you take all of the money. But if you both say steal, then no one go. everyone goes home with nothing. The and prisoner's like dilemma. Every, Every round just added on a, another gimmick on top of the gimmick <laughs> that was already there. Terrific television, and and it doesn't like none of it. 
None of it go- comes back to golden balls either, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apart from that, it's in golden balls. <laughs> um, before we get into the show itself, I did have this email, um, which was sent to the wrong email address. So I do want to point out, but I- I'm going to read it out anyway. Uh, so just watched Ollie's big show announcement breaking news video and thought I'd drop you an email, which you could pass on to Ollie in the AEW review. I usually watch AEW on a Saturday morning, then listen to the podcast over the weekend. Been a nice constant over this strange year. Thank you for that. Anyway, I was watching Ollie's review with low production. I think those were his words, but I got distracted because all I could think of is that the hob. Take care, dude. And thank you. <laughs> the hob finally made its Wrestle Talk debut. <laughs> One more hob. One more hob. Yeah, you're right. That was the hob. I was uh, I was happy with the production actually when I watched it back. I was like, damn, my uh, my level camera is good when I run it through a particular bit of software. But it I didn't know until it sounded fine when I pre-upload. But when I uploaded, it, it seemed like it was popping all over the place. I was disheartened. Oh. So I'm sorry, folks. That's all right, mate. I thought it was very very good. I watched the whole thing. Um, anyway. Well, let's get into the AEW review itself because let's talk about the big show. Paul White, he is joining AEW, but what the heck's he going to do? Here's the show. What's the big show going to do? What's the What's the big show going to do in AEW? Big show signed to AEW the hell's going on i'm mr davis i'm joined by lukewarm luke owen we're gonna talk about the big show stuff first and then we'll get into the review of AEW dynamite but i just i just need to make sense of this i feel like wrestling is trying to break my mind this week miz becomes wwe champion in 2021 on sunday and now the big show has signed with aew well, here's, I know what your reaction is, Mr. Davis. I know because of your AEW bias, it's okay that AEW have signed this old person and are it making is. him the AEW champion. So it's absolutely fine um, that they've done it because you've just got bias, you big bias bastard. Hypocritical Ollie Davis, excited for the big show, burying Goldberg and The Miz. Tisk tisk. Someone commented on my news video. Oh, am I coming through okay, by the way? I seem quite chuddery. No, you seem okay. <clears throat> um, someone commented on my video. Oh, my God. AEW is just becoming the old WWE people's promotion. And I, I couldn't resist. I commented back. <laughs> I, think, I think WWE is the old, old WWE's promotion. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's let's get some thoughts out on the table because um, I mean I can actually show you what my initial reaction to this was. Because... Yes. So have you seen this? No, I haven't. No, I'm looking forward okay. to it. So we were recording our Patreon podcast, Wrestle Talk After Dark, which is when uh, a group of us from the, uh, the team just get together and we have a few drinks and we just chat basically. We just chat for a couple of hours. People ask us questions, we answer them. It's a grand old time, and the news that. Paul White, Paul White had signed with AEW, broke while we were recording. So we've got our instant reactions on camera, which I'm going to play for you right now. Um, Not to interrupt or anything, but I have just been giving some breaking wrestling news um, from Mr. Louis Dangle, which is now going to be the lead for Wrestling Daily tonight. Big Show signed with AEW. What? 
What? Yeah. That's what, what I said. That's what, what I said. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. No. AEW just put out AEW just put out a tweet. Welcome to the team at Paul White. Paul White is all elite. He's he's there. What? He's there. No. Why? What? Yeah. yeah. Could they not uh, get right, Shaq? Is Shaq not like is Shaq not doing the match anymore? Hold on. Oh, White, what is it Shaq against White, Big Show? White joins commentary. Oh. Commentary for new YouTube extension AW Dark Elevation. That's what he's even going to be doing. so. Yeah, I know. Still not crazy. Though, right? I didn't even know he'd left WWE. He was with. Yeah, he wasn't not there that long ago. I thought I thought he was on a Legends contract still. Yeah. Maybe they crazy, brought him to have that match with Shaq that he was supposed to have. Yeah, because I mean the thing is. He can sign for commentary all he likes. He'll probably have a match at some point. He's big shot. Of course show. he will. Yeah. What? <laughs> WrestleMania main eventer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. My reaction was, what? <laughs> Basically, what? <he> was just... <laughs> that was mine too. I just, so I, I saw the news on my phone and I looked at it like for 30 seconds. Just going... Yeah, like, try, trying to <laughs> trying to make sense of it. Not that not that my mind was going. This isn't real. It's like it, my mind wasn't even processing what was on the screen. No, it, it was very bizarre. A lot of people, when I put up the the news video yesterday, the breaking one I did, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I clicked this because I thought it was a joke video, <laughs> like a sketch." Because we say, like, you know, so-and-so to AEW confirmed all the time. They just, for, for some reason, thought we'd made a skit. Um, but no, Paul White, obviously not the big show. He won't be using that name, which means we have to bid farewell to his entrance music. Can't use that in AEW. Um, but, yeah, he'll be Paul White in AEW. He will be wrestling. Uh, it says in the press release he will return to the ring, and Dave Meltzer has also said he will wrestle some. So there's obviously plans there. Uh, but the chief thing is for AEW's new show, it's going to be on YouTube, going to launch on March 15th. This was announced on the press release, but a few more details were given on the episode of Dynamite. Every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, on their YouTube channel, it's called AEW Dark Escalate elevation. elevation. It's not evolution, which I keep you trying to call it. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's a wrestling thing. It's evolution. Um, yeah. So, like, it was. I did not see this coming. As I said, like in the, the the podcast, that like if you'd have had this down as your wild prediction for 2021, I would have said that's a very out. Like that's too wild. Like it's because I always figured he would be. A WWE lifer. He's there on a Legends deal. He'll be an ambassador for the company forever and ever and ever. They'll tot him out for Legends night and just be like, hey, look, it's the big show. It's the world's largest athlete, this, that, and the other. And yeah, he is instead gone to AEW to be a commentator slash part-time wrestler, I guess. Yeah, so that's obviously if you want more details on why he left WWE, how, how many people knew, go to Go and watch the two videos I made over the last day on the on the Wrestle Talk channel, not the Wrestle Talk podcast one. But in terms of what he's going to do here, was he announced for next week's show? He was. I think they said that they were going to have more details because <clears throat> this was a taped show, so they yeah. didn't have anything like they they couldn't like you know bring him out in front of the crowd here. But because his new show is debuting on the Monday, I guess that's why they did it as the press release as opposed to have it's someone Monday fifteenth. 
Is it? I thought it was this. I thought they kept saying on the show that it's this coming Monday that he's debuting. Like the the new show comes out. Or did I hear that wrong? I, I could have swapped. Maybe maybe it's Monday. <laughs> oh no! AW Dark. I I could not be wrong. Re- not Evolution. <laughs> Elevation. I could very well be wrong. I thought I heard them say that it was happening on Monday, which is why I was like, oh, that's why they did it as a press release. Mm. If it is March like 15th. Monday, March 15th, then I don't know why they didn't just like debut as a surprise. Maybe it's because they thought, well, we've done that with Sting. Let's not do it again. I don't know. Elevation. <laughs> Maybe that's his entrance music. Tony Khan's all about <laughs> buying the pop songs for the wrestlers these He's days. Got the money to burn. He's just going to have buy all the themes. Big Show's been in the back, the WWE locker room for a decade, being like, well, you know, I don't even like my entrance music. I just want U2's elevation to be here. Uh, so he's, yeah, but that's going to happen on the 15th. I guess I, I don't mind if it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, everyone's you know, walking. Hmm. It got everyone talking. You can kind of promote other stuff. I think it's a, the. I think the reason they did it now, as opposed to announcing it on the tape show, which you couldn't have done anyway, uh, is is to build some intrigue into next week. Because of course you've got Cody versus Shaq. Big Show has wanted to wrestle Shaq forever, and he keeps on getting in shape every year to do it at WrestleMania. And now that's obviously not going to happen. So why not do it in AEW? So I yeah. guess like what's what's Big Show Paul White gonna do in AEW? My first my first thought is initially breaking through the canvas of this tag match <laughs> and throwing Shaq through a cage wall. Or no, he's gonna cost Cody the match. He's gonna be on yeah. Cody's side, but cost him the match. Um, duh, big big show. Uh, <laughs> like it's. Okay, so, so let's let's address then the uh, the criticism because I've actually had a fair number of people message me on the old Twitter machine calling me a hypocrite, despite the fact I've not actually shared any thoughts on Big Show signing with AEW outside of me saying what uh, a couple of times. Um, are people saying like you're a big hypocrite because you've been burying WWE for having Edge as a champion, which I haven't, and about Goldberg coming in for title shots and the Miz being this ten year old character that's still doing the same thing, this that, and the other, but you're fine with it being the Big Show, and it's for me it's the same argument as Sting, which is. The second that Sting wins the AEW championship, then it becomes a problem. Like the second that eight that Sting pins Kenny Omega for the AEW title and derails all the momentum that he's got as champion, that's when it becomes a problem. If Sting <coughs> is like the right guy and the champion is at the right time to lose their belt, it's a different story. But at like at this point, like if Sting came out on Dynamite next week and won the title from Kenny Omega that's an issue and i think that would be a terrible terrible thing to do at the moment sting appears to be used to try and get brian cage and ricky starks and darby allen over that's a a great use of sting in AEW. same with taz is being used a great way to elevate elevation elevate guys uh tully blanchard arn anderson they're all being used to like elevate and make these younger guys seem new and cool same with um jake roberts and i would Thing, I would think, based on how AEW's previous track record, that will be the role that Paul White is also going to fill. If Paul White debuts after Revolution and beats Kenny Omega for the world title, then I'll be like, it's not, it's not the move I would make, and I don't think it's the right one either. Yeah, but Tony Khan pays us that money. Yeah, so I think that's a great idea if you want to do it, Tony. But Ollie, you said yourself that those paychecks aren't coming in as strong as they once were, which is why you keep scoring the show three out of five at the moment. Okay. 
Uh, it's yeah. I I think people who, I first of all, uh, it was was it John Moxley who said in a recent interview, "Why do people go on Twitter? Who was the last person who said, "Wow, that was fun going on Twitter." <laughs> uh, so that yeah, God, and, yeah but we, we we've had that sort of not backlash, but yeah, it's the main criticism leveled at me in, in the rest talk news videos uh, when I review AEW or, or criticize WWE for pushing people past their prime. Uh, and, and yeah, like Luke said, I think it's very, very clear that there's a difference here when it's Undertaker or Brock Lesnar or Goldberg or Miz, and they're being pushed into the title picture and sort of suffocating the rest of the show. When your main event scene has an average age of 42, then there's something wrong there with the company. Because it's not just... That That explains why I feel like WWE is so stale a lot of the time. Because it's the same people we've had for decades. Whereas AEW, like you look at that, and it's such a young company. You look at the main event, you look at the big matches that are at the pay-per-view next weekend, and they're all young stars. And they're making a real concerted effort to build even younger stars than them. That's why they've got the second show on AEW Dark. Now, another criticism, it's, it's sort of one of those things where you can never please everyone, because another criticism that's often leveled against AEW, even now, is that they don't have any big guys and that they're just a vanilla midget company. But, of course, they've got Powerhouse Hobbs, they've got Brian Cage, they've got Lance Archer, and... Wardlow. Wardlow, while Lance Archer is, you know, he's actually an older wrestler. I think he's in, at least in his late thirties. The others are Lance Hoyt on, a, on an episode yes. on a podcast recently. People like Hobbs and Wardlow, they're very much young, exciting talent. Who's the other guy? Uh, the hairy guy. Ah, I can't remember his name. Komaroto, Nick Komaroto, I think his name oh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guy, and they're really, really exciting. Now, it's quite hard to teach wrestlers how to work if they're not the same body shape as you like there's there's a reason it's so hard to train women it's because there's not enough female trainers out there like so it's that they're always at a bit of a hindrance there to get at the same experience level so i, I got to imagine it's going to be the same with big show who has worked his entire career very successfully as a big guy he is going to be invaluable backstage to tell wardlow to tell hobbs give them advice, feedback on how to carry themselves and improve in the ring and make and make sure you don't, because I think if it's Kenny Omega and the Bucks telling them to do stuff, they are going to like do all the spots. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it's good for Big Show to come in and, and rein that in a bit. Plus, he's mostly going to be on commentary. And surely this is building to when the commentator starts a feud with the lippy guy in the ring. And I love those angles. One of my favorite all-time feuds is Jerry Lawler versus Tats, even though that was a disaster. I really liked it as a kid when Jerry finally stood up from his table and went after and defended JR. And we've got a debut of Peen Davis then on the uh, on the Bristol podcast and the video version at the very least. Um, there was a criticism that was leveled against you in the comments. I just wanted there. There was like, uh, the AEW Revolution card isn't that young. It's got Sting on it. Um, but it's... You know, it's um and Matt Hardy. Average age. Average <laughs> age. They're all being used to build younger guys. I know. Also, Sting is part of a, a match with three other people uh, who are a lot younger than Sting is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like he's got someone who's got invaluable 
like resources to be able to provide to these young guys. And a lot with the legends do have, like Jake Roberts is there to provide, hey man, you know what I did back in that? And like this and the other can tell people what he did. Tully's the same with FTR and Arn Anderson. You're training the next group of stars. And that's what Big Show is. He's a, a Paul White. He's a legend. He's a, a legend of this business. And if he gets in and he has a couple of showcase matches on pay-per-view, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. If he has a lengthy run is when it becomes maybe a bit of a problem because I think he's you know borderline retired at this point. But coming out for showcase matches isn't the worst thing in the world, especially if it's designed to get younger talent over. Also, we've now got the possibility of getting that uh, Paul White's Shaq match, which we've been like teasing for probably about 20 odd years that we've been <coughs> teasing that match. They even teased it at WrestleMania once and they still didn't bloody do it. And um, we've also got the option of having Paul White versus Marco Stunt, which surely just from a like from a visual aspect has got to be done at some point, right? Do you want to see them fight or do you want to see them be a tag team? Oh! <laughs> Hello, mate. Oh, suits you. That does sound good. Yeah, so I think what will he be doing? I think commentary right out the gate. I think he probably has a little angle with Shaq next week, but you don't do that match for a long time. Maybe that's a double or nothing tease. I mean, I mean I'm still waiting for that Mike Tyson follow-up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm still waiting for the bachelor party. They've got married now. What happened to Billy uh, Mitchell? And then I think, yeah, big show commentary mostly use him backstage use that wealth of experience get him out there because like why wouldn't you sign the big show if you have like, the I, I, yeah exactly imagine like all the people like oh aw signing just an another dub former wwe star if but if you're in tony khan's position and big show approaches you and is like hey i'm i'm finishing up with wwe they're not using me the way i want to we can't agree on money what can you offer me? Like, why would you? Uh, why would you not? Just for the guy's experience, the name value to go around, do press interviews, promote the company. It doesn't. It's not all about. Oh God, he's going to get in the ring and automatically win a title. That's a very WWE conditioned way of being disappointed and frustrated at older wrestlers because there is nothing wrong with using veteran wrestlers. It's a good idea to get over the next generation of talent. But I think a lot of people, right, like understandably so, have seen how they're booked in WWE and just immediately see anyone who's over the age of 45 and go, oh God, it's gonna, this is, this is the worst. It's gonna bury everyone else on the roster. When that's never the way it's been done elsewhere. It's always been a more holistic, future focused thing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, man. But maybe that is just bias. Maybe it's just me being another bias, hypocritical bias, whatever it is. You know, could be. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, well, let's get some Ultra Chats in. Omega Chats. My apologies, because it is AEW. Get all your Omega Chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, Reese Johnson here. Afternoon, lads. Another two great episodes of wrestling with AEW and NXT. Big show to have a strong push. Maybe AEW champion or a role like Stings. And Cameron Grimes' new gimmick is really funny. Check it out if you haven't already. Have a good day. Oh, so yes, it's the best. It. It's the <laughs> best thing on that show outside of Adam Cole and, uh, and all that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think Big Show's going to have a strong push on, on AEW. I really don't think that he is. Like, this isn't... This isn't Sting. Like, this isn't Sting coming in and being like, oh, no, I, I can still go, by the way. I'm medically cleared, and I want to have another run and try and get this Darby Allen kid over. I think this is more like a sporadic use of things. Yeah, I think max one match a year. And if he's having more than that, yeah, um, I'm wrong. Uh, I, I, but I think AEW and the people who run it are smart enough to not overexpose the legends when they can't really do more than one match a year. Uh, new Punk Rants, so excited for Elevation. Excited for the Giant to come home to TNT. So we didn't even talk about that. Excited for Nyla in the tournament. AEW, three days a week. Yes, please. I'm happy to support everything AEW does. My mental health is happy as a result. That's what matters. Hashtag bring back the juice. <laughs> there you go. I mean, like New Punk Rants, you know, he's looking to bring back the juice. He's looking to bring back Hoovinty, Hoovy. I mean, people are saying that, you know, it, it's becoming WCW all over again. You may as well bring in Hoover to Guerrero at this point. Bring in Chavo while you're at it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, Paul White will feud with Hager, then Wardlow and the Murder Hawk will retire him. Mm-hmm. So just working with all the big guys. Uh, I One of the things that Dave Meltzer mentioned was to be very wary about putting Big Show alongside your new crop of big guys. because. Big Show is very big. He's legit big. And people like Hager and Wardlow. Well, Hager's big. Wardlow's big, but he's not actually like massively tall. Uh, he's just big compared to the, the the sort of, you know. MJF. MJF, yeah. It's like that Chris Jericho was a very small guy in Big Show's era, really, back in the early noughties, late 90s. But now Chris Jericho feels like one of the biggest guys in the ros- on the roster. Mm. So, yeah, I'd be very wary about actually doing that. 
Uh, New Punk rants again. I think WWE fans' criticism is unfounded. It's completely different how both companies use legends and part-timers. Also, I hate the former WWE star criticism. When 90% of WWE's roster is Ring of Honor New Japan TNA, it's how talent is used, which is the disparity. I think that's you know, that's a very very fair point because those people now like if you go to WWE you become a WWE guy you don't become like no one thinks of AJ Styles as an ex TNA guy or an ex New Japan guy because you go to WWE and because that's the big show no pun like no pun intended that's like the top of the game you become a WWE guy so if you leave there you then become an ex WWE guy also WWE has been the biggest game for the past twenty years so pretty much every wrestler on, on the planet has at one point wrestled for WWE so like I, I it, it it all depends on sort of how you perceive yourself after you get out of the, like, I don't look at Cody now and think of him as an ex WWE guy, kind of the same with Matt Seidel, but Jake Hager oddly is someone to look at and go like, well, he's an ex WWE guy. So it's, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's how you present yourself once you've left. Do you think down the line, DC will be like, you'll have people criticizing DC movies. Oh, they're just using former Marvel directors. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say people are criticizing DC movies. What well, again? Batman again? Are we just going to just keep <laughs> making Batman movies? Hey, why wouldn't you? That's like, why would you not? Why would you not make another Batman movie? Is the same oh, argument as why would you not sign the big show? <laughs> I compl- and I completely it's there. agree with you. It's right there. I completely agree with it. Like DC have only got three good characters. That's why you keep making oh, Batman you movies. Son oh. of a bitch, oh, Johnny R. Johnny R, I believe they announced Paul to get the initial ratings bump without him being there, though. Some may have thought he was going to show up. Commentating the new show and showing up next week should also give a nice bump. Good business, if you ask me. I think that might be an interesting point that Johnny's made there, of people wondering if you... I thought he was going to be on the show this week. And so when he wasn't, I was like, oh, that's surprising that he wasn't. So I wonder if there will be people who watch me like, I'm actually really disappointed that he wasn't. I felt like I was falsely advertised. Hey, I think if you tune in, though, they, they never said he was going to be on the show. I think that's on them if people get frustrated by that. Oh, and how yeah. could you how could you watch this episode and not have fun? I mean, it was great. <laughs> Mate, S, Mate S can't call in the big show, but since it's TNT and he might be teaming helping Cody versus Shaq, they can call him the Go Big Show, right? Lol. <laughs> the Go Big Show show. I like that. Go Big Show. Go Big Show. It's like a Pokemon. Is a is a Smith. Uh, who else could you expect to jump ship to AEW? Big Show is such a big miss for Vince to have someone to train big men in the ring. You're correct about older guys having so much to offer and passing of the torch moments can be epic if done right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I obviously haven't seen your news today yet, which actually means I, I don't know your thoughts on this episode of Dynamite. I've been reading so much mm. about Scrabble. Um, did You said like the, there were maybe more uh, to go. Well, you <laughs> I think it's weird for a wrestling promoter, but whenever Tony Khan says something's going to happen, you should probably take him for his word. Because on Tuesday, he did an interview with Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez, and he said there's some big names, old and new, coming in over the next few months that's going to change the landscape of AEW. And I was like, right, whatever, mate. (laughs) <laughs> and then freaking Big Show was announced the next day. It's the exact same thing when he was like, we're going to change the wrestling industry. A month later, impact working relationship. Month after that, New Japan working relationship. So I, I mean, Rob Van Dam, I think of Mick Foley, Kurt Angle. These are the guys at the top of my imaginary list who I would expect to be at least contacted. CM Punk's obviously the big 
one. There's an open spot at the face of the Revolution ladder match that mm. will be unveiled on the pay-per-view. Yeah, which suggests to me then that is going to be a name. Like, as a, a surprise, like, it's surely you have to do that as a big surprise name, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McFadden, they have to make a being the elite skit where Dark Order are talking to Paul White, thinking he's John Silver. <laughs> <laughs> then John Silver walks in. <laughs> And everyone's dumbfounded. That's so good. Like always just have them go you're right, it's uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> also, stunt tagging with these hero white white needs to happen at least once. Love that. Uh, so good. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I being the elite, I'm really looking forward to because big show is funny. Captain Insano. Maybe that's his gimmick. <laughs> he comes in as Captain Insano. Yeah, because Adam Sandler's got to be a wrestling fan, right? Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, get him in, get him on to AEW. <laughs> Team these guys up, Waterboy. Um, but also the, the I mean, that surely we're going to get a Jericho podcast, right? Oh, oh, one hundred percent, we're getting a, a Jericho pod. Yeah, like that'll probably be out either this week or or next week. <laughs> Um, before we get into the main review, though, I just want to give a bit of a plug out to um, Patreon. We haven't got any Patreon uh, shout outs, but please do head over there because WrestleTalk After Dark is available now for our $10 and up backers. Also, the poll is open for Andy Datsun's Wrestle League Punishment video. And it's exciting times because it's, you know, there's two days left of this poll. William Regal's Real Man's Man is at 40% of the vote. But 1% behind it, 39% is Carmella's Fabulous. So it really is coming down to, do you want to see Andy Datsun do Carmella's Fabulous or William Regal's Real Man's Man? I mean, I know which way I'm swinging on this. Well, I was talking to Andy about this earlier, and he said that he was trying to think of what, what he'd do if Regal's music won. So he wrote a list of the things he thought were manly. You know, that this, this, that would be what he does in the video. And he sent me a picture of the list. Uh, and he as, he as he read it out to me, it was like, uh, what's that say at the top? Men? Men? <laughs> Men bricks, bricks, hammers, power tools, lumberjacks, cars, beards. And then he said, leather? I was like, denim? And I said, what? Leather? You think leather's manly? What are you going to have next? Moustaches. I mean, oh, actually, well, moustaches are fairly manly. Like, that is like Tom Selleck is the manliest of men. And that is because he has a, a great moustache. Look at uh, all the, the men from the 80s, like of WWF. Rick Rude. That's a moustache, mate. The darts, meat, flannel, whiskey, cigars, beans, black pudding, <laughs> and the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those are absolutely banging. Oh, um, can I... Meat and leather are the two that get yeah. me. The Andy's there, like how? How can I be more manly? How can I be more manly? I get a, leather. I get a lot of leather and denim on. Maybe, maybe you know, an Indian headdress, <laughs> uh, a policeman's <laughs> outfit, a nice I mean, hard hat. A hard hat will actually work with the uh, William Regal shtick. <laughs> Um, just before we do go as well, like um, to give another <laughs> shout out to WrestleTalk Outstack, we played a clip earlier of us reacting to um, the big show, but uh, here is probably my favorite moments uh, from this, which I'm presenting pretty much without context. Um, and then uh, and then we finish with, uh, we've been doing like mini, mini trivias 
at the end, and I've been absolutely spanking Abby on the quizzes. Never oh say that God, again. No. Never say uh, that Luke, again. Can you, Luke, Luke, can you just rewind about Luke. an hour and a half to, uh, <laughs> to when I called memories. her mummy? Embarrassing <laughs> stories. This podcast. And Luke. I can't oh, wait God. for my other half to listen to this. Luke, can you edit? <laughs> 24th of February. Andy, you know these these episodes don't get edited, mate. Like, oh, it's too much. Oh. I, don't, I don't even add music to it anymore. I literally well, that's, that's Rattle Talk Cannon. I spank Abby every Wednesday. No, it's, uh, you said it again, mate. <laughs> See, you could have just not. You could have not said that, but you did. <laughs> Oh, he's going um, so red, bless him. And he's, he can, I can see him now trying to work out how to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. He's so, as red as Pete's I'll background. dig my way out. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I'll dig my stop way out. Stop talking. <laughs> I've enjoyed the podcast a lot. So we'll, we'll and we're, we're recording it after this. Yes. Right. Oh, cool. <laughs> There's the editor of WrestleTalk.com, folks. One of the most read wrestling news websites in the world. Get me a banner back up. Get me a banner back up. Let's get into our AEW Dynamite review now. Of course, go over to Patreon as well to check that out. Vote in the poll. Loads of other exclusive stuff. And perks! Uh, and get in your hyper chats, omega chats, whatever they are, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. But this episode of Dynamite was awesome. Didn't look very good on paper, I must admit. Like at the end of last week, I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, there'll be next week's show. And then the big show is on the 3rd of March because you've got the six man with Tully. You've got the Shaq versus Cody. It's the go home for revolution. But hey, this this was a sleeper hit of an episode. Yeah, and next week's show's got a, a tagline as well now, which means it's one of those like proper big shows as well. I think it's called like AEW Dynamite Crossroads or something like that. So it's, it hasn't got like fancy graphics, but they kept calling it like Crossroads throughout the show. And then I know it's in the end graphics. They were like, yeah, next week, AEW Dynamite Crossroads, because it's the go-home show before Revolution. The, go, the big go-home show. The big go-home the go, show. The, go, the go-home big big home show? Yeah. Uh, anyway, this episode opened with uh, most of the matches on this card were squash matches. Well, we had three sort of squash matches, but they were really well done in that it had a lot of back and forth, but ultimately totally got over the person who was meant to win. Uh, but the person who did the job looked pretty good, too. So this was John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth. Uh, isn't it weird how if you're blonde in WWE, you get pushed to the moon? If you're blonde in AEW, I think you you lose a lot. I don't know. Kenny Omega's blonde. He's the champion. Uh, he's like a weird Japanese, uh, like anime grey, isn't it? <laughs> he's curly locks. Yeah. Uh, but Moxley beat uh, Nemeth here, and then he cut an excellent promo. Oh, I I so got good. chills down my spine with this. He get a he got a steel chair, sat in the middle of the ring, and effectively said, "I know it's a trap." I know the exploding barbed wire death match is all a scheme by Kenny and Don Callis and Gallows and Anderson, but I'm addicted to violence, to bleeding, to putting my sweat in the ring. So yeah, 
uh, let's do this. I love it. Like you said, you know, like what a hell of a way to go out as well. You know, talking about being a part of this match, walking into a trap. Also like being, you know, talking about being addicted to violence kind of harkens to that, um, the Eddie Kingston promo from last week. And like the, the connections that those two have, this never, never die feud. But 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 will constantly keep trying to kill each other, and like I I'm with I really hope they do become a team at some point. You know when Mox comes back, I lo- I also love the like the start of this promo being like every day that I wake up without the AEW Championship, I have to, I think to myself, what do I have to do? I will tell you, do whatever it takes to get my title back. And turns out this is exactly what I have to do: is to walk into this trap. Oh man, it was like genuinely like. Sean Ross apparently, like he said that he got told last week that Mox cuts an insane promo on next week's show. And he was like, yep, turns out that person was very right because this was a great promo. I think this is, it's him pretty much saying, though, I'm off for a while after Revolution. You know, that mm-hmm. good way to oh, go yeah. out. I don't, not retiring, but I, you know, like a couple of months, probably more. I know six months take him off TV. He's earned mm-hmm. it. And he can sort of, you know, then he can come back. But this whole loss that he obviously finds as a character, he finds meaning in having the championship. But now he can perhaps find meaning in fatherhood. And I'm interested to see if he, if he weaves any of that real life stuff into the character he plays when he does return. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, after that, we got a recap of his and Omega's feud, which you know stretches back to the the first double or nothing which is so awesome uh we got a spanish guy called alex not alex marvez another spanish guy interviewing lance archer and ray phoenix ahead of their main event this was from last week lance was talking about hey we're such great partners and ray says something in in spanish it's translated as you're the worst partner i've ever had and they brawl Yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's a, a feud, well, not feud, but like a match that's built on sort of like grudging respect uh, in a way. But yeah, it was, it was quite a fun little way to, to set up your main event. There's like, we had a lot of recaps like in a row here because we then had a recap of Sting taking the powerbomb last week. We had a recap of Jericho and MJF getting in the face of Mama and Papa Buck. And then we see them like Mama and, Puck, Mama and Papa Buck arrive with the Young Bucks. Like, so they can take some photos by a production truck. And I was like, I've seen wrestling before. These two are getting killed today. Like, these two are absolutely doing an angle where the heels are going to kill them. I didn't get it. I, I was like, oh, that is nice. It worked <laughs> me. I saw you trying not to say Pat Buck there. <laughs> WWE producer Nia Jax's nemesis, Pat Buck. Oh, if uh, only after we could that- bring him in as the third Buck. After that, we got uh, another squash match that was really just to set up an angle. It was Team Taz of Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. And, you know, this was a good match. Ultimately, Mm. Team Taz won decisively. Not much uh, trouble, but they went five minutes. They went back and forth. I thought the Varsity Blondes looked terrific here. They're one of those teams. They're, they're used as an enhancement act uh, on Dynamite at the very least. So they go out there and they, you know, they get beaten up by the more established team, which is what an enhancement act should be doing. But they always look really good when they do mm. it. And like the commentary always really put them over us that, yeah, these two have got a really bright future in this tag team division. They've got a great look to them. It's very 80s because they've got these big mullets. But they've now got some like cool gear with them. And like Griff Garrison's hot tag is pretty great. Like he, his hot tag when Pillman got the tag to him, he comes and it runs wild. It's really good. And I think they've got some good fire about them. They are almost like a perfect enhancement act. 
at this mm. point of their careers because they look they make the other team look really good but they also make themselves look good in the process and team Taz look at like you know uh Starks and um Brian Cage look great coming out of this uh so obviously Brian Cage one with the drill claw I love that move like that there's a few moves these days I'm just like oh, I love them uh, one being the the buckshot lariat and the drill claw. Now Nate, uh, restalk.com writer Nate said he he passes this truck every day uh, and <laughs> thinks of me. For podcast listeners, it's a it's a sort of truck on his way to work that says Oliver's drive shaft. I think mm-hmm. that's my finisher, right? <laughs> the drive shaft. Yeah, no, no, no. Oliver's drive shaft. Oh, it's even better. I like it. Yeah. Are you also going to be soundtracked by Disturbed and Leonard Skinner? What is that, Leonard Skinner? Um, wow. Yeah, what's that advertising? I want no part of it. Oh, sorry, I've, I've taken the banner off now. By sorry, doing that. Do it. I got excited. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so after that match, um, what happens? The lights cut the out. Darby Allen stuff, yeah. Yeah, lights cut out, obviously. And the black and white film plays of Darby in the body bag being dragged uh, by a car still. It stops. He gets out. He sits out with the TNT title and he smiles. That was weird. That was unsettling. People mentioned this, like, you know, when they, they did the angle where they drove him in the body bag behind a car, people were like, I mean, he used to do that in his student films that he was in on time. I think he enjoys that sort of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the conclusion of it was. You thought you were punishing me, but I actually had a I had a lot of fun doing it. There he was, pleasuring himself in that body bag. <laughs> God, this is oh, the it's a messy body bag. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> so hard to do, but that makes it even better. Oh, uh, <laughs> so then Sting comes out onto the stage carrying a body bag. A great bit of misdirection because I was like, I, I've seen wrestling. It's Darby in the body bag. But he opens it and it's Hook. You know, Team Taz's Hook, Taz's son Hook. Taz is on commentary. He stands up. He's like, oh, what you going to do there? And from the rafters, down comes Darby Allen on a zip line. And he gets That's into so the ring. Awesome. Takes everyone out. Sting hits a stinger splash on Cage. Then the Scorpion death drop. Sting looked good. Darby... Uh, you know, zip lines aren't really for me. I think it gives the people in the ring ample time to prepare for you coming back. He's coming towards us very slowly. No one touch him. No one touch him until he's unhooked his harness. So, uh, but it was cool. You know, it was sports entertained. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, and like you know, I, I mean, I really, I, it was a cool visual, and Sting looked great. He did like the st- Stinger splash and everything, and hit the um the Scorpion Death Drop. It was, it was. This is, and I said this last week with about Sting as well. Like, it's the most I've enjoyed Sting being on the show since he debuted because we had like a you know six eight week run. It felt like where it was just Sting comes out on stage, at scene ends. But now we're getting Sting actually some, doing some stuff. And that, that's actually adding some fuel to this uh, feud, which I think it, it really needed. And it's now I'm now really hyped for, for the match next Sunday. Yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're in the business of selling pay-per-views, it's the, it's the weeks before the pay-per-view that matter most. And, you know, we've been quite vocal. We haven't been very high on this feud because it's been repetitive and it's overexposed Sting. But damn, they got me excited. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally yeah. drew me in here. Um, 
After that, we got uh, we got Miro, Kip, and Penelope having a sit down interview with Tony Schiavone. They're still talking about how they're annoyed about the wedding. Miro wants Charles to come back to him, drop the childish act with Orange Cassidy, and Tony is handed a note, <clears throat> which has a challenge on for Revolution, a tag match between them all, which Miro accepts by eating. Yeah, it was done like a high school note. So it was like, will you have a match with us at Revolution? Yes, no. And I can't remember what the third option was. And I, I just almost infuriated Miro more because it's like, this is what I mean about this childish stuff. And you know, and they ate the, uh, the acceptance. They announced the match later on as confirmed for Revolution. So do you think that will be the end of this feud? Because this feud has been going on for a while now. Yeah, we wanted long-term booking. We've wanted it for years and years and years. And, you know, mostly that's great. But it does saddle you with feuds that have to be structured around pay-per-views. And when the pay-per-views are three, four months apart, yeah, I hope it's the end. There are, like, so I agree with you. And I think AEW has done some great jobs with their long-term book. And you look at, like, you know, there's Moxley um, Omega feud that started at Double or Nothing 2018 where 2019 where it was like a long ass time ago and it's now like it's culminating here like you know two years later it's culminating and the thing there is that they've all gone off and they've gone off and had different feuds but they have still been so you know at each other but they're now like the feud has peaked and it's gone but like the problem with miro and uh the best friends is that this is all they have done like from the very get-go they've just been in this storyline so they haven't split off so the feud has felt longer because of that it's the bad way of doing long-term storytelling, which is just you tell the story every single week and it just, yeah, it devalues it. After that, we got Jake Hager destroying Brandon Cutler here, sort of a bit of a suplex city thing, big clothesline to win, and then immediately downrun the, well, part of the inner circle. I think it was Wardlow, Santana and Ortiz. And they all started beating up Cutler. Cutler is the childhood friend of the Young Bucks. So the Young Bucks run down to save him. But, oh, it was a ruse. You cut to the Tron and there is Jericho and MJF with a blooded Pat Buck (laughs) in front of that very production truck that they took the selfies in front of earlier. And a really good visual here. They threw the the father into Nick's face on picture painted on the side of the truck and then into Matt's face as well. And the blood was left on those faces. I thought it was very good symbolism. Jericho's yeah. good at this sort of stuff. It was really smart. Like, you know, beating up the dad, it could come off as a bit of a sort of a goofy thing. And in a way it, it kind of was, but I think the actual, the visual of the, you know, the bloody handprint on uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, you know, their father's blood on, on you know, the blood is on. I, I thought that actually really, really worked. And I love Jericho and MJF doing the Bucks pose at the end to be like, what heels that we are. And then escape to their car to be like, we are the heels and you are silly. Mm-hmm. And then they, they drove off. And it was, I thought it was actually really good. And I thought it, it gave the Bucks some really good fire. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do as the big go home angle next week. Well, they've got a uh, MJF and Jericho is going to do a press conference conference next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we got a Shaq and Cody video package with talking heads from the commentators. It's weird. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I was thinking about this today. So I get why you've not given Jade Cargill a match, because the whole point is that this is her first match, right? 
like I don't I can't remember if she's had I don't think she has had a match on Dynamite or on Dark, but like this is supposed to be like her her debut. There's a reason why you haven't done Shaq either. Cody is currently injured, I think, or you know, he's working her, but at the same time, Cody's also had a fair fair number of matches. Why didn't you have Red Velvet on this show winning a match? To be like, oh, and look, like Red Velvet is teaming with Cody next week. And so like that puts her over and we can now get excited as a way to promote the show because like Red Velvet, as far as I know of watching Dynamite, has lost a bit and that's it. And like, she's just in this spot now. But they've, they've already got the women's match on the show. Oh, I see. Hey, oh, I, I... Put, put, it on, put it on YouTube. That'll, that'll build, <laughs> build it up for the TNT audience. Yeah, or on Bleacher or whatever it was that the other ones are going on to. Uh, my well, I was going to say my favorite part of the show, but I bloody love the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know what? Script my favorite part of the show. Isaiah Cassidy versus Hangman Page was next. I was sure Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page. I like both guys. Sure, that mm-hmm. yeah, you know, not massively excited by it. Then they have the angle last week. A, I think it will be a solid three star match. But then they did the angle last week. And I was like, oh, this is really good, actually. Stipulation, money's on the line, real good stakes. And then this week, I just thought they went into overdrive storytelling-wise. So it's it's Cassidy versus Paige. The whole idea is Cassidy's going to work over Paige's arm. So when Paige has the match with Hardy, he'll be a little softened up. And Paige's selling of the arm was just, oh, it was incredible. Because you see him adapt on the fly to this arm that he's always selling. It's not the Seth Rollins sell where, oh, 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 ow, my arm. Now I must dive. Oh, oh, my arm again. It's proper selling where he can't do the moves because his arm isn't functioning. And, you know, he goes for a buckshot lariat at one point and he stops. And in the end, he catches Cassidy midair off a springboard for for uh, the Deadeye to win, Mm. but one-armed. I just... And it, it tells... It accomplishes two things brilliantly. An exciting match where I genuinely thought Cassidy could win at times because of the injury. And it feeds into the story with Matt at the pay-per-view too. Yeah, this was a home run success for me. I absolutely loved this match. I loved everything they did in this. I love TH2 being out there as well because, you know, uh, Matt had paid them off last week to beat down um, Hangman Page. I loved... um, Reynolds and Silver running down to tell Aubrey Edwards that Matt Hardy was cheating on the outside because it's that lovable affableness of, of Reynolds and Silver to be like, no, they're cheating, Aubrey, like send them away. And Matt's selling of that was great. And at the end of this, like uh, Matt cuts this promo where it's like, you know, I know you've got some new friends and he comes out with uh, five Alan Angels and like throws him off the stage and Alan crashes through this table. So he's like, he's, he's preying upon Hangman's newfound friendship that he's got with the Dark Order. And next week we've got Hardy Party and TH2 versus the Dark Order. And I am really looking forward to that as like a 10-man tag. I think that's going to be a great match because I'm I'm invested in this story. Yeah, Matt's Matt sort of he cut a promo not on the Tron or anything. It was just this disembodied voice. And he said, I'm going to take out every single member of the Dark Order you love so much, Paige. And it just took Matt from, okay, you're a douchebag who who was trying to get other people's money using that agency contract to supervillain. And I am, I'm like, I think it's the match I'm most looking forward to, story wise. Yeah, okay. I can't believe I'm saying it. 
Yeah, I'm 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 surprised too because of the, what the main event of this show is. But I don't I, I don't I, I don't think you're wrong though. Like I think that is a really really I'm I'm way more into this match now because of the story that they've done as opposed to if you'd have just written Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy on paper. I'd have gone like yeah, as I said at the start of this segment, like you know, so there'll be a solid three star match, solid two and a half star match, good good pay per view filler. But actually, with the story and everything going on in with it, everything with the Dark Order and Big Money Matt, which like for my money is the best stuff that Matt Hardy has done since coming into AEW, I think is, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really down for it. Uh, after that, we got Alex Marvez doing his latest inopportune interview segment. Uh, Kenny Omega is in a metalworking shop where he's constructing some device. It's the Moxley use... Elimination device. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. I thought, I thought mad... Kenny was mad scientist. All, yeah, looked a bit coked up, you know, that kind. <laughs> I thought yeah, Kenny I like was excellent. Uh, after that, hopefully we get a big thing. The go-home angle, I imagine, will be next week. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker was next. But before that match, which was very good, sort of a disheartening announcement that the it'll be on Bleacher Report, this stream on Sunday at 7 o'clock, like everything. Uh, which will have the Japanese bracket final, a six-woman of the sort of other competitors of that leg, and Thunder Rosa and Rio. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that as well. Because I guess then we're going to get the American finals on next week, right? Like, yeah. It almost felt like they, did, they, they had enough time to do it all on Dynamite, but they almost did it a bit too late to get it all done on Dynamite. So now you've had to sort of like rush and have some matches on YouTube, and it's... I, d I don't feel like AEW learned from, like Tony Khan said that, you know, that I've, I've learned from this sort of thing, but I don't think it almost feels like they haven't. So I, I don't know about this. Like I would have, I would have preferred for this tournament to have been, you know, I, I get why the Japanese side of things was not on TV. I totally get that. And having that stuff on YouTube for the hardcore audience, I totally get that as well. But like the American side of things, I think should have been on Dynamite. Especially the semi-final. I was genuinely... You know, looking forward to that Thunder Rosa. I'll, yeah. I'll watch it, but I think it it deserves to be on Dynamite. Uh, but this match here, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. I've got to admit, I wasn't into it early on because Baker was doing a lot of heel stuff. Rebel was getting involved a lot. Britt Baker exposes the top turnbuckle. But man, then they just went into like overdrive for the final sequence of kickouts. Britt kicking out of the Beast Bomb was awesome. Yeah. That was really good. Powering out of the lockjaw like several times over as well. There were multiple times where I thought, I was like, man, they're going to make Nyla tap out. They're going to have Nyla tap out and, you know, pinning uh, Baker and the other. And because like both characters have been pretty well protected throughout their AW careers, this was one of those matches going like, I don't know who's winning this. And at the end of it, I don't think either one of them looked terrible. Like Britt Baker didn't look bad coming out of this match towards despite being knocked out of the tournaments. And I, I mean, so I think someone sent me a message on Twitter today saying that their theory is that like Thunder Rosa could win the tournaments now, like win the tournament, win the title from Sheeta, and then she's got a ready-made feud with Britt Baker because Baker's got to win over her already, and that's the title program you can spin off coming out of this. Britt's got to win over Nyla, over Thunder Rosa. Oh, over Thunder Rosa. Oh yeah, I guess you could do that. Um, I don't. I'm I'm worried that Rio wins the I, other yeah, semi. That's what we said last week, wasn't it? That we, I, we, we said last week on on the show that we're pretty sure the Riho's winning this, and I think that she, I don't know, like, I, but that's the other side. That again, both characters have been protected so well that I don't know which way they they're, they're going to go with this. But which is why I want to see it on Dynamite. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not. If it's Rio and Rose, 
in the final and one of them goes to face Shida, I just feel like I've I've done that. I've done that trio. I was kind of hoping this tournament would elevate someone else. Um, but we'll see. This was a this was a very good match. Really good. Really match. really exciting. Uh, we got a video package on FTR and Ju- uh, Jurassic Express putting over Tully Blanchard as like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Hasn't wrestled since '89. Oh, man, I'm excited for that six man next week. Yeah, I'm so excited. And the, and the sequence I'm most excited for is Tully Blanchard and Marco Stunt. I think those two are going to work to get the work some absolute magic together. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's going to beat the respect into him. Can't oh, wait for that. <clears throat> um, they announced the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal for Revolution. Uh, we got Bear Country, Dark Order, two combos of the Dark Order: Reynolds and Silver, and Uno and Grayson, Santana and Ortiz, Butcher and Blade, Private Party, Top Flight. That'd be good. Yeah, they said there's more uh, teams to be announced for it as well. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a packed old match. Yeah, the winner gets a future tag title shot. Come on, Reynolds and Silver. <laughs> uh, and the main event was also was a sort of qualifying match to get that one of the spots in the face of the Revolution ladder match, which if you win that will get you a shot at the TNT title. And it was Ray Phoenix versus Lance Archer. And... This was one of the best matches of the year for Dynamite, I think. Oh, yeah? You loved it, yeah? Well, there was, at the start, Tony Tony Schiavone said, this is an early match of the year contender. And I thought, hmm, I mean, I'm really enjoying it, but, you know, there's been a lot of good TV matches this year. And by the end of it, I was just going crazy. Yeah, I mean, this was a really, really good match because Phoenix, uh, spoilers, is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like, he is just an incredible, like, like once-in-a-generation style of talent where, like, no one else can do what he does, and he does it to perfection. And he works this big guy versus small guy match to an absolute T. And that's not taking anything away from, from Archer either because Archer was superb in all of this his selling of phoenix's offense and like you know phoenix using his speed against him like like almost knocking archer off his game because archer wasn't expecting to have to kind of like combat against this and like the, the way phoenix kept kicking out of things i really did i truly believed that phoenix was winning this match like particularly after the spanish fly i was like yeah Phoenix is definitely winning this, but he, he just kept kicking out. But eventually, Archer put him away the blackout, and at the, I was like, I think that was the right call for me. But I, it, they made me believe that Phoenix could win, and that's the real like beauty of this match. God damn that blackout! So Ray Phoenix is that uh, you know? I think I've said my piece on Ray Phoenix. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think it's maybe he's better than Pentagon now. He like charisma and. Yeah. And sort of talent-wise together. We've had this conversation so many times. Like, just you and I just been like, because when we did our 10 wrestlers of the year a couple of years ago, and we were like, yeah, I think we need to have Lucha Brothers, but oh, it's Pentagon, really. Like, we like Pentagon's got to go in the list. And we said in that list, it's weird that Phoenix isn't here because Phoenix is so good. And I think you're now right. Like, Phoenix, for me, has now, he's overtaken Pentagon, even though, like, Pentagon will always be my guy. But Phoenix has, like, he has overtaken him. He's now my favorite of the Lucha Bros. Yeah, uh, but he that he can do things that no human can do. That running penalty kick on the ropes, that dive through the ropes, the into the the crowd soaring over the barricade and landing on your feet. 
uh, the top rope Spanish fly, although that's probably more Lance, you know, doing the moonsault. Mm-hmm. But he, he also, he is just so reckless. And when he took the blackout, <laughs> he, he, you know, you've got to flip over to take the sort of flip bump mm-hmm. and you, you tuck your head. He just waited until the last possible second to, to tuck his head. I thought, did he land on his head? I had to go yeah. back and watch it. I mean, that's part of being a great wrestler, right? Um, but I thought there's almost a little bit of me that's glad he's not in the ladder match. <laughs> but there's a part of me that I, I'm because I, you know, I, I, as I said, like I kind of wanted Phoenix to win because I love him and I, I'd love to see him in that ladder match. But we've got Pentagon in the match, so I, I didn't want to have both of the Lucha Brothers in there, which is why I thought it was the right call to have Archer as part of this match. But during this match, I was like, oh yeah, but having both of them in that ladder match would be pretty great, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> like having those sort of like PTSD flashbacks to the match they had with the uh, the Young Bucks, where we were like, oh, this almost feels like a couple of steps too far now. But yeah, like uh, this was an incredible main event to this show. Really, really great stuff. And a really cool uh, finish as well post-match because Phoenix is just destroyed. His eyes are open, but he's looking up. And Lance looks down at him, picks him up. So he's sitting up and then he just fist bumps him and he walks Mm. off. I thought I was badass baby face. Oh, loved it. Really, really, really good stuff. I I don't know... (laughs) Is it, shall I just make one out of five average for AEW? And uh, then yeah, I've got I mean, five tiers to go up. Yeah, I mean, that that does help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, what, I, said, what, I said it was a four out of five show. I mean, I also thought it was a four out of five show. Like, I think watching this show, I don't, considering how much I loved last week's show and I loved this one even more, like, there's no way I couldn't give this a four out of five show. But the your, uh, the viewers are in agreement. It was, um, oh, actually, no, sorry, that's wrong. That's raw, Whoa. sorry. Uh, viewers are in agreement. Um, 53% uh, for four out of five AEW some, with uh, 23% saying it was middle of the roads and 17% saying it was all elite. So it is like very much in that top tier uh, yeah. side of things. Yeah, people really, really enjoyed this show. And going through the comments as well, people absolutely loved like the Ray Phoenix um, Lance Archer match. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, uh, we'll get into all of your Omega chats now. Remember, we are on the WrestleTalk podcast channel right now, not the WrestleTalk channel. So if you're not already, subscribe here, enable notifications. We will be doing AEW Revolution live reactions in uh, under two weeks' time now. It'll be two Sundays away. So make sure you're around for that as well. And also get all your... Also get in your Omega chats at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. This is Last Call, uh, Josh DeDominic's TBS teased Big Show with The Go Big Show. So now all they need uh, to do is make a show called The Go Brian Danielson Show. <laughs> Very good. Uh-oh. There we go. Come on. I've got a timer that goes off every 90 minutes. Do I tell you this? No. I'm tracking my mood throughout the day and my <laughs> energy levels. Yeah, yeah, out yeah. of 10. Uh, so what are you currently feeling at the moment? I don't know. Probably an 8. I guess 8 is pretty good. Was it me? Did I bolster your spirits? Was it the chat? I was a 10 before. Uh, OGP. <laughs> yeah, you know me. 
Now that Big Show is there, I had a random thought. Use the FTW belt as like a reverse cruiserweight championship, or it's a hoss fight belt, essentially. I know too many belts and all that, lol. Also, Isaiah was great. He made Brooklyn proud. Hashtag year. Yeah, it feels like, like 2001 when the uh, the hardcore belt, because Kane won it and like the Big Show had it and The Undertaker won it and stuff. There was people like, oh man, like the hardcore division is becoming the hoss weight division. <laughs> um, so yeah, so maybe you can use the FTW belt that way. Magnus loved the B in the Elite segment between uh, Hangman and Dark Order. How they changed from F Hangman to Hangman F's is so easy, but brilliant. Great stuff. Matthew McFadden, I love how Matt Hardy attacking every member of the Dark Order is only going to bring Hangman closer to the group. But Matt's delusions stop him seeing that. Everything about this story puts a huge smile on my face. Can't wait for when he joins. Oh, yes, cannot wait. It's going to be so beautiful. The Zornis. Congrats, Ollie. Four out of five puppies survived your AEW rating. I love watching you all excited. Your breaking news videos are the best. Did you enjoy the latest development of the Hangman Dark Order story on Being the Elite? So wholesome. Chat comes with barbed wire and an explosive. I, I mean, I haven't actually caught up with Being the Elite this week. I'm, I'm actually very much behind on, on Being the Elite. But I, I might be one, I'll maybe i scrub through so I can find all the uh, Dark Order Hangman stuff. Criminally gentle. Matt Hardy almost just like his TNA heel character, and I love it. The imagery of him dragging out five with the chair was great. He needs Tyrus as his enforcer again. Uh, that was... Um, the Funkasaurus. What was he called? The Funkasaurus, yeah. And it would be a perfect faction with a very diverse group of guys. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, well, actually, it'd be one of those times where I'm like, yeah, I could see Matt adding some more. Like, I don't know if TH2 are officially part of his heel acts now, but I'm kind of into them joining his little group, his little passage. Mm. Perseus M. Imagine Reynolds and Silver win the tag team battle royale Whoa. and challenge the Young Bucks. <gasps> Whose side would Hangman take? Well, he'd have to be on the Dark Order side, right? Like, that's that's his new group of friends. The Bucks turned their back on him, which is almost why I don't want Reynolds and Silver to win this, because I want to I wanted to have like a lot of Hangman with the Dark Order first before we get to that point. Like that point to me feels like that's full gear away. Like as opposed to doing that, you know, in the immediate. But maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, I'll tag in. Charles Berg says, I know Miro wasn't talking to me because how could I be so childish? Me, the man who did tasteful Batista dick jokes, the creator of Retribution member Spunk. Oh, wait, I see it now. I like how Omega's uh, idea of building was hitting cold metal with a hammer. That's, that's like me when I hack. I just type. Hack, 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 hack. Uh, Magnus says, who is the best dad? Sounds like Alan Partridge. Who is the best lord of the ring of the dancer of the flies? <laughs> who is the best dad? Papa Buck or Ms. Dad? It's Ms. Dad, surely. It's Ms. Dad. Not even a question. Uh, Alan Metz. Good morning, guys. Ollie haters are gonna hate, especially when you're right. WWE is WCW in 2001 and AEW is WWE during the Attitude Era. Not really, but I need uh, some of that Tony Khan money. Jam that jam. It's uh, sweet good, money. Good Dharma. WWE fans are like your ex-girlfriend. Um, B-Word used to treat me like crap. Now that I'm into that amazing chick, AEW, she can't get that wrong with herself and try to pick on anything from the new girl. Four out of five, what has AEW got to do? TK, send me the money. <laughs> James Handley said um, AEW wasted TV time with the Lance and Ray promo that match doesn't need build the man who literally throws people through ceilings versus the man who doesn't comprehend gravity that's it what else do you need besides that jam that jam uh, Jake Hartley says a nice job Mox uh, a nice 
Moxley story were a nice Moxley story beat would be I don't have to win, but I can hurt you enough to stop you being a pro wrestling god. Yeah, there, yeah. Like, like have Kenny needs some scars from this battle. Mm. Uh, Leon M. Kizzy says, long time supporter, first time super Omega chatter. Mad scientist Kenny is my new favorite. Ray <laughs> Phoenix and Lance Archer was so good. I had to watch the match twice. Loads of love from South Africa. Yeah, I'll be rewatching that one. Chris Petro, I may be in the minority here, but while Darby's zipline spot uh, last night looked nice, really felt nervous watching it. And that was a tribute to Sting's old WCW run, but it immediately reminded me of the other in incident. Am I being too soft? Of course, I imagine Chris is referring to Owen Hart's tragic death. Um, I, it's hard to not think about that, ziplines in wrestling. I, I thought that too, but at the same time, you saw the amount of of sort of rigging that was on the guy and harnesses. Uh, it's people use zip lines all the time. Um, that that one, you know, it was a freak accident. It was, yeah. it was you know, it, it was what it was. It was, it was, you know, circumstances beyond control. And I'd like to think wrestling doesn't learn a lot of lessons, but I think that is one of the few times where they really have learned a lesson. Uh, and Leon Quashi says, Marvez is inescapable. Best ineptitude, uh, best intrepid journalist in the business. Also surprised that Brit lost her match. The tournament seemed tailor-made for a Shida pay-per-view <coughs> match. Yeah, totally agree. I'm surprised too. Uh, your garbage mate. Hot theory coming your way, lads. When Omega eventually loses the title, it will be because of uh, Bullet Club OG interference. Good Brothers will go with the OGs. And the OG elite, page included, reunite to take them on in the VP positions in the company on a pole match. I'm almost with you for a, a lot of that, apart from the on a pole match stuff. They're joking. Uh, Wrestling Talk sign guy. This is the last time I'll be able to watch live for a while due to an American work schedule. So I just wanted to say how glad I am to have AEW and your insightful reviews. AEW rekindled my love for pro wrestling after many dark years of WWE. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. And also, thank you for taking that sign to uh, the AEW show. Like there are certain times when I see pictures that people share of like, <laughs> old wrestling shows. Like there's a really, there's a really cool AEW shot that you can find when you Google it. And there's just a sign that says "Dance Chopper," and it makes me laugh every time I see it. Can you imagine all the jams that we'd oh, have everywhere? All of the jam that jam signs. NS Ogre, biggest difference in my mind after watching wrestling for over 40 years. WWE is sports entertainment with some good wrestling. AEW is good wrestling with sports entertainment spots. Unfortunately, WWE entertainers have crappy scripts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Archie Sawyer, I was thinking who the sixth man in the ladder match might be. AEW liked to leave hints, so I thought who would be a good face of the revolution. Ah. And now I think there may be a tiny, tiny chance at CM Punk. I can't think of any other free agents it could be. I'm not getting my hopes up. Not, get, not, getting, not going to get my hopes up. I'm just going to be cautiously excited for who the sixth man will be. One does not bring <laughs> back CM Punk in a multi-man match for the number one contendership for your mid-card title. Uh, I won't get your hopes up there. Oh, Someone mentioned AOP. Someone mentioned AOP earlier today to me. I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot they're lurking about hey, Eric Rowan. There's there's a lot of free agents, actually. And there's a lot of people from Impact, New Japan, that AEW can work with. 
the the possibilities are really quite large. I think it'll be Robbie... someone from Impact, <clears throat> or it'll be like you know um, someone from who's working in the American side of New Japan. Yeah, Robbie Rudge. Afternoon, Luke and Mister Davis. Obviously a long shot, but am I the only one intrigued by Wyatt one day making the jump? Imagine Bray Wyatt with all the creative freedom of AEW. Imagine a world where the fiend didn't answer to a man named McMahon. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But also, Matt Hardy went over there with a, a man named McMahon not to answer to, and it didn't really work. So there's every chance that it also wouldn't work that way either. It's, it's a different mm. company. It's a different world. Like, The Fiend feels like The Fiend works in WWE, but would The Fiend work in AEW? That's a different question. James Hanley, I've been disappointed with the tournament. They rushed it. If they had started it just after a revolution with a long build to double or nothing, then it would feel like a bigger thing. No, let's put them on YouTube and charge people $50 to join a special club. I completely agree. Like, you could have started this after the last pay-per-view and spread it out. Is a Smith, uh, I was watching some random old WWE clips. The last two versions of the Intercontinental title and the old US title are so much better looking than the current versions. Also prefer the old tag team and world tag team titles, Jericho and Showmiz with all the belts. Well, I mean, I completely agree with you, particularly on the tag titles, because I I hate the current tag title design. They're so rubbish. They look <laughs> proper naff. I'm not the biggest fan of the IC in the US one either, but I'm not. it's not like I love the because my 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 IC title is the, the the world one with the black strap, the, the Jericho, uh, the belt, the one that China has. Like that's my IC title. But man, the, and the tag titles in that era as well. Man, the new tag titles absolutely suck. Hate them so much. Uh, I'll take over these last few chats from you. Uh, Sam Mort says, "Hey guys, do you think the Miz could lose the title and attack Morrison afterwards? As they said, they owed Lashley for uh, John Morrison costing him the US title. Miz versus Morrison at Mania." Oh, I don't. I, th I think it's the, the the tag match with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. I'm not into that feud. I pitched Ollie uh, my other fancy booking of this, which isn't that because we've been thinking it's Bad Bunny versus Miz, but now that Miz has got the title, what don't if it's, say uh, it. <laughs> Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. Priest turns heel, and it's for the 24/7 title at Mania. That was a private conversation we agreed not to bring into this world, Luke. Uh, William Tallman, a very lovely RIP question mark. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really shocking news. Uh, and Nate S did you, uh, says, did you see Finjuice teaming with the Good Brothers next week on Impact? It is happening. I still can't believe it. I thought they were facing each other. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought Finjuice and Good Brothers were, were feuding, um, but maybe they're how will they coexist. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, what, what a great team to put over there as well. They live in America there fin like they're two guys that would really benefit from getting more and more experience although bloody hell juice rob like juice is there now easy who is alec baldwin to you yes uh, andrew from sacramento age 24 Alec Baldwin and Jim Carrey to me are from the movie Fun with Dick and Jane. I was around eight oh. when I saw the film. That's um, a Ferrelli Ralph Brothers Mac movie. Interesting one to this. Ralph Macchio to me is Cobra Kai, not the Karate Kids. 
I mean, it's technically the same thing, I suppose. Mike Myers is Austin Powers. Justin Timblake is a singer because of Sexy Back. Eminem is a rapper because of the song Ass Like That. And Will Smith, to me, is Shark Tale. Jack Black is School of Rock. Thanks. Will Smith is not Shark Tale. Will Smith is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He sure That's is. That's outrageous. I had a... Should, should we just say, you know, because some, some AEW fans only listen to this podcast... Let's not, they won't know let's what we're keep, talking about. No, let's just, just keep reading these emails out. <laughs> we actually got a load of them, so I wanted to try and get through as many of them as possible. Uh, Craig, hello, Luke and Mr. Davis. My name is Craig. I'm from Canada. I'll always relate to Alec Baldwin to a few movies, the first being Beetlejuice. The second would be Mission <gasps> Impossible. I never think about Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice. But yeah, he's the... I mean, he's like just a generic happy couple person is it's all about michael keaton that film um jim carrey will always be fire marshal bill um and female bodybuilder vero de milo from in living color um mike myers is austin powers i always loved how he said danger is my middle name so much so that i gave <laughs> my son that same middle name <gasps> what your son's middle name is danger that's cool and he also he also adds that he's happy that WWE took the belt off of Drew. I was happy of him doing the nice guy act. Hmm. Uh, Aaron says, uh, I'm 33, so similar age to you, but Alec Baldwin to me is the boyfriend from Notting Hill who makes uh, Hugh Grant take out the trash. What? I don't even remember him in that role. I don't remember him being in Notting Hill either. I don't remember Notting Hill that well. Alec, that's got his name on there. Alec I remember the grey pants. Yeah. Uh, I remember being, I, I think, in Julia Roberts. I never got to see her <laughs> box, though. I remember yeah, he is as well. uh, the, the person who won't eat vegetables because they had, they had like, they had feelings too. Mm. Can't remember what they were called. Fruititarians, um, maybe. Mike Myers is Austin Powers. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura. I know the legal lockdown isn't a thing anymore, but I finally become a pledgehammer just in the hope that it will move me up from last place. Cheers. <laughs> ah, you're out of luck. But thanks <laughs> for becoming a pledgehammer. Indeed. Oh, Google. Sorry, our email, um, because it's so, so well protected, has just logged me out, which makes me think that someone else is trying to use it. Um, well, while Ryan... while you're doing that, I could tell you Andy Datsons because he <gasps> messaged me shortly after the podcast went live. Alec Baldwin to him is Team America. I was going. That was mine. That was the answer I was going to give. Was is Team yeah. America? It's a great he's, show. Essentially, he's the baddie. And all I was thinking about this this morning. It's also <clears throat> South Park bigger, longer, and uncut. Hey, Alan, do you know what's bad about being a Baldwin? Nothing. <laughs> and then the, Canadian, then the Canadians bomb them. <laughs> you um, me. Um, he also says Mike Myers as Shrek. That's okay. Andy's younger. Mm. Uh, but weirdly, Jim Carrey to Andy Datsun is Bruce Almighty. Oh, that's an interesting mm. one. Because like that was like to me, that's the return to comedy, Jim Carrey. Because he yeah. had, like, we talked about that 94 run and him being that Jim Carrey character. But then he went off and did the number 23 and the Truman Show and he became this serious actor. And then when he did, um, yeah, it was like that. And he did um, uh, Me, Myself and Irene mm -hmm. and Fun with Dick and Jane. That was like, that's the return to comedy, Jim Carrey. 
that's my area. But anyway, um, Ryan says, I'm a long time viewer of the uh, uh, podcast, listener of Rest Talk. I want to say th- a big thank you for all the content. Got me through some tough times. Uh, listening to your recent Raw review, I figured I would chime in as an 18 year old. So, Gen Z up in the house. Gen- and he says that, yeah, he said, I apologize to Ollie in advance, but to me, Alec Baldwin is simply Haley Baldwin's dad. Who's Haley Baldwin? <laughs> he writes here, Justin Bieber's wife. I didn't even know that Justin oh, Bieber what? was married. Hallie, I, Haley Baldwin. I, I'm familiar with Haley Baldwin. She's a model. I did not She's know. Justin Bieber. Since 2018 as well, but yeah. Oh, no, hang on. Like, her dad's Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> you got the wrong Baldwin. You got the wrong Baldwin. Uh, but many, many. He, the, Stephen Baldwin is the connoisseur, the Baldwin connoisseur's <laughs> choice. <laughs> He's my Baldwin because he was in Biodome, and I love Biodome. Yeah, he's also in The Usual Suspects. Is he in The Game as well, or am I? Am I uh, making that up? Uh, I don't know. I'm just googling now. Yeah, there he is. He's also in. Oh yeah, he was the he was the replacement Barney Rubble uh, instead of Rick Moranis in the second hmm. Flintstones movie. Oh dear. Uh, let the game begin. No, I'm thinking the game, the David Fincher one. Although he has, he starred in Shark in Venice in 2008. Oh, I'm getting on that. I'm getting on that this evening. Um, and to him, Jim Carrey is the Grinch. Oh, okay. Yeah. What a performance. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> really like it. But what a performance. Um, uh, Andrew, uh, hey guys, love the topic of actor association. Um, here is mine. I'm 27, so I'm a younger millennial. Alec Baldwin is just Alec Baldwin. I know him by name, but I've never seen him in anything that's left an impact <laughs> on me. I think Jim that's Perry, one of Alec, but there's like that there is that that level of actor where you're like, well, I know you're famous for being an actor, yeah. but I just know you from talk shows. But that's what I mean. Like, so that's why Alec Baldwin to me is South Park and Team America because I've not I've not watched Thirty Rock. Mm. So like that, my Alec Baldwin to me is a guy that Matt Stone and Trey Parker make fun of a lot. Glenn Gary Glam Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, you know, there are films I've seen him, but like our friend Andrew here. Um, Jim Carrey is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minds. Oh, Mike yeah. Myers is Austin Powers. Okay, here's one for you. Um, Adam Sandler. Waterboy. That was just, that was a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, uh, he's running here Big Daddy. I see, I think yeah, that's would fair. be the wedding singer. That'd be the first, like, if you'd said um, mm. Adam Sandler to me, that'd be the first one coming uh, to the top of my head. Ashton Kutcher, this is an interesting one. Ashton Kutcher. That 70s show, all day. He also says, all says that 70s show. Um, Justin Long. Oh, I mean, the first one that came to my head is uh, Die Hard Five. Yep, he's right here. Live free or die hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! Or is that Die Hard Four? I think that's Die Hard Four. But he's also written mm. Dodgeball, so yeah, that's a good. That's a oh good yeah. Show. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, that's the other one we got from this. Oh, actually, I was going to read Alec Baldwin, the bad guy from The Cat in the Hat, uh, was Dale's mm. um, suggestion, which is weird because then he's written Mike Myers, Austin Powers, even though Mike Myers was the Cat in the Hat. What a bad movie that is. <laughs> the interesting one is David Schwimmer, Melman from Madagascar, uh, was their choice rather than uh, being from Friends. It's Ross from Friends, you maniac. 
Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Tell us who Alec Baldwin is to you on this very specific <laughs> email topic. Uh, support at russeltalk.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm back tomorrow with Denise. Uh, take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 